Shaniza Nescu, thank you for joining me at Startup Nation United. Uh, we're about three and a half weeks into the war now since um, the terrible October 7th. Um, been extremely inspired by, um, by the incredible initiatives and projects that have emerged from the ecosystem, some technological, some social, some um, internal organizational. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your your journey and the, the impact you've had all over the last three and a half weeks. So so thank you again for being here. Um, I, I'd like to start even before we dive into the, the war itself. Tell me a little bit about you know what what you, who you are and what do you do in the in the day to day outside of the context of of what's happening now. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's usually a, an easy question that we're used to answering so quickly. What it, you know we have our pitch, but the past few weeks, three weeks, have been uh, you know making me take the time to remember what it is that I do. Uh, but I am a climate tech investor. I invest uh, directly into early stage uh, climate tech companies uh, and funds, and also I'm the co-founder and chair of Planetech. Uh, which is a nonprofit that aims to divert the Israeli climate tech scene into solving one of the world's uh, largest crises. And actually, now when I speak to you, you know, I'm always asked why I believe so much in the Israeli climate tech uh, ecosystem. And I always say it's because we're so good at emergency and so good at crisis. So why don't we just solve, you know, such a huge crisis? And I'm used to talking about that. Uh, and I never in my life I, I, I would imagine that uh, this will be fulfilled in the shape of the entire country and the entire tech ecosystem is joining forces in so many inspiring initiatives, like you said, that I'm also in awe of uh, that we've seen in the past three weeks. 100%. Completely agree. Um, where were you on October 7th, um, 6.30 a.m. When, when the events transpired? Uh, honestly, I was asleep. I thought it was a thunderstorm. I told you I'm uh, I'm obsessed with climate. Like it's all related to me to like stuff like that. Um, I woke up in my Tel Aviv apartment on a usual Saturday to so many messages asking me if I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Something happened. One of the usual things that we unfortunately got used to. Uh, and I was like, um, I made a coffee and I sat down and... I really remember this moment when I'm like starting to realize what is happening. Uh, very intuitively, I just packed a bag and started to to find ways to maybe go up north to my family and just immediately went into this kind of like survival mode because we didn't really know what was going on. Uh, I knew about the party. I know I knew sorts of details, but I wasn't really sure what is happening. But it did feel already then like a pivotal moment and I don't know if it I, I didn't know how much I guess like like most people right no it, it was definitely a it was an accruing understanding that that all of us had over what with the significance of the of, of that um, moment and day so Obviously, as an entrepreneur, you, you you yourself spring into action. I'm, I'm I wasn't wasn't surprised to hear that. Um, tell me how things transpired. So, what was the process in which you then adjusted to taking action? What you've done? Who you did it with? All of that. 
Yeah. So honestly, for the first few days, I think like many people, I was involved with trying to get vests to soldiers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I got into that trying to help uh, people get whatever they need. Um, I, I realized then that there are a lot of entities that are doing that. And I wasn't sure it's my role, to be honest. I helped a little bit, but I mean, I was such in like action mode that I did so many things at once and helped fundraising to a bunch of other initiatives as well, which I still happily support. Um, and then I think it was maybe one week into this whole uh, chaos, we'll call it like that, haven't found the word yet, uh, that uh, my mm -hmm. good friend, uh, Michal Michel Latzer, um, called me and told me about uh, the, Israeli fund, uh, the Israeli Children Fund Initiative. Uh, she's a um, CEO of Tweed, a startup. Um, there was already a group of a few amazing people, founders and CEOs like Tomer from Logis.io, uh, Ido from Zen City, uh, Tom from Verbit, uh, Yudas, like so many amazing people already there. Uh, so I joined the team, I guess there were 10 people already. Um, and ever since we actually grew to 50 people. So unfortunately, I don't have the time to mention everyone, but it's really important for me to mention that each person is like, wow, an incredible human being, both on a personal level and a professional level. Obviously, these are uh, people who founded and are currently managing um, Israel's largest, most successful uh, tech companies. And we also have investors um, like myself, like Eyal from Pitango. Uh, and many other um, industry and executives and leaders uh, that you can read all about them um, on our website. And it's a, I have to tell you, it's a really uh, special motion and notion to be a part of this group because it really does work like a startup, but in a very, very um, fast growth rate. You know, you can imagine like there is no company that will grow so quickly, right? The investors will not allow it probably. Um, but everyone is like a ninja. Like everyone is capable of doing so many things. So it's been moving pretty quickly. And it really touched me uh, when Michal, Michelle told me about it because I realized slowly, like everyone, the multitude of the horrors that happened on October 7th. Yes, we still need to provide everything to the to, to the soldiers, to the communities in the south and the north of Israel. But I think all of us slowly started realizing there's a societal, economical, psychological, everything, right? It's a multifaceted issue. Issue is a small word. I, I don't know how to call it, but the, it, it, it's a huge thing. And there's so many things we need to attend to. And something about the stories that I started hearing about children who were left without their parents, either their parents, one or both their parents were taking hostage to Gaza, which is something that is still unbelievable for me to, to, to get out of my mouth even, or uh, children who literally saw their parents slaughtered, tortured sometimes, got, went to really deep, still are in a really deep trauma and, and, and now lost one or both of their parents. Um, you know, we, we hear it in the news. There is one story about a mother that was murdered in front of her children. One is 
uh, four months old, the other is seven years old. The father survived. The children were kidnapped with their neighbor to the to Gaza. Last minute, there was a miracle. I can't explain it. Uh, and they came back. So, of course, the, the, they have their father, but now, you know, their, their income of the household is down. The, the mother worked in a tech company. The father is in agriculture, and Hamas burned the entire orchards. So they need to pay the bills. They need temporary apartments. They need all this basic stuff. Now, Israel and other entities um, have, you know, people are taking care of it. But the bureaucracy takes a lot of time until the children and the families that are taking care of them um, will, will be able to provide all of that. And we need it now. Um, so I was really touched by all the stories, obviously. How can you not? Uh, and this is why I, I joined, just really simple. And we, we want to help the children and their families, not just in the short term and not just to make them, you know, survive life. We want to make sure that in the short term, they get everything they need, their families get everything they need in order to take care of them. But also we want to make sure that these children fulfill their full, full potential. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, okay, let's just make sure you're fine. No, they, they, they will need so much and we want to give them that so we're not and, able uh, to for, for so long right it's uh, for for years it's not in it's not a, a what you're talking about is not just an immediate need of okay can we have them safe now but how can we support them in the years to come because this is now going to be with them for the rest of their life an, exactly right. and we want them to have great life we want them to have exceptional life despite of the strategy. And this is why we have the longer term part of the program, uh, which is uh, endowment funds for the children to make sure they get the extra. So yes, the country and the government may be providing them, for example, higher education, but we want them to be able to go to private schools and we want them to be able to go abroad and we want them to have a bar mitzvah, um, you know, grant and, and we want to wrap them with everything. And also, we want to make sure we utilize our networks like we love doing in the tech world and have the tech scene and industry have another, you know, wrap them with another layer. Again, we're not trying to replace authorities. We're not trying to replace their families. God forbid. No, we just want to give them all the extra care that they need and just make sure they're not falling between the cracks of bureaucracy, basically. Yeah. Well, well, and it's more than that because I think that you know there there's a role that governments can play in in in, in the way that you provide sort of basic necessities and, and human rights, of course, and sustainability for for people to live and to have you know a, a hopefully free expression, both in terms of their in, in terms of the fundamental aspects of what it means to be human, food, water, shelter. Mm -hmm. In, but but in this case, it's much more than that. We're talking about an, an occurrence and an event that is going to leave them with 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 needs that perhaps very few governments can actually attain to. So I think that it's remarkable how you're how you and the, and the rest of the fifty amazing people you've mentioned, many of them are very good friends. Uh, how you've taken action into your own hands to to make this impact. Tell me a little bit um, about what what you've done over the last three weeks. 
um, in in formulating this Israel's Children's Fund, uh, what has been the impact so far, and um, yeah, just a bit about what's been happening here. Yeah, so um, we're obviously fundraising right now um, for the short term and for the long term. It's one fund that's yep. raising a hundred million dollars. Yes. Um, we already supported um, for the short term um, eight families, and we're in touch with about forty which are in wow. total 75 children. And unfortunately, there are more. Uh, and we're trying to get to everyone uh, with the most, um, you know, sensitivity, um, which we're also learning. I want to be honest with you. We're all tech people. Each is coming from a different sector. This is new for us. And like we're, you yeah. know, seeing a problem and try to solve it, then this is what we do. So. We have started uh, very gently uh, and understanding what they need. So we already were luckily able to support them. We already um, have some funds that will allow us to support all the tens of families that we're in touch of. There's not even a, a specific number uh, that I can tell you right now of how many children we're talking about because we're still in this chaotic uh, state. Um, as you can imagine, as, as a country, there are no formal numbers. But we're doing the work and we want to get to every family that is now taking care of an orphan um, child and just make sure they get the the most pressing help that they need now and the best life that they can have. And we believe that we can support them in having moving from now on. It's uh, remarkable. And so Shishan, uh, and what I think is one of the most remarkable things that we've talked about in this um in this uh, conversation, it's not just the um, the the what you're doing, but but also what you said about how you know this around the sensitivity. You know, that you're saying you know we're we're a bunch of tech people. We're not from this. You know, this is not what we do in the day to day. We're learning, but um, at the same time, you're learning by engaging and by impacting perhaps some of the most sensitive situation that that I could think of. And so I think that it's just a, a pretty inspiring thought to have. No, a group of people that in the day-to-day -day are, you know, engineers and CEOs and investors and, and uh, you know, overall great people, very smart people, but what, but not taking care of children who've been through tragedies like what there is now. But, but regard, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you're bystanders, you're, you're springing into action, you're engaging, communicating, fundraising, and, and, and creating an environment in which you're, you're set to make an impact and you're doing that um, as entrepreneurs, and I think that that's just a, a really, really amazing message um, for everybody to hear. Um, and I think that's exactly why I, I started this mini series, um, because this is really what it, what what the I think the unification of startup nation is all about, and all everybody coming together. So, Shani, I really want to thank you for spending this time with me, and I uh, wishing you all the best uh, with with this with this super important initiative. And it's not just like you mentioned, it's not just to give them, you know, to bring them up to to have a normal life, but it's to enable them to have exceptional lives. And regardless yes, of the we hope so. Yes. Thank you very, very Thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you.